you know, sometimes there's weed smoking going on in the middle of the day. I can't front. But I, I personally, like at this time in my life, really am valuing a clear head. So I'm, it's a lot more coffee than it is any other substance. But really, I think we've come to realize it's more of a gateway to, ha ha ha, <laughs> it sounds like I'm making a drug joke. It's more of a gateway to other career opportunities is what it's looking like. I'm so sorry that you got with a homeless girl. I feel so bad, man. I'm sorry. It's Here, take, no, you got it. Take an edible, man. No, it's fine. Take it. I, I, take okay, this. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. But you better hide that shit because homegirl will snatch a big good. You are listening to She Does, a series that features women working in media, all forms of media. We wanted to know how they arrived at where they are today. So we asked and found out. I thought you might like to know too. I'm Sarah. And I'm Elaine. And today we'd like to introduce you to Katia Blickfeld. She writes, directs, and produces the series High Maintenance with her husband Ben Sinclair, who stars in the series. It's a web series that takes us into the lives of New Yorkers, all kinds of them, in all their strange glory. Sinclair's character, who has no name but is known as The Guy by his customers, holds the key to get into these doors, these stories. The key that he holds? Weed. He's a pot dealer. Elaine, you were the one that first told me about high maintenance. Yeah, I met Katya and Ben in Tacoma at a film festival and was introduced to High Maintenance and saw a couple episodes in the theater and then went back to my hotel and got hooked. I think more than anything, I'm just inspired by them. They're really cool, they're really humble, and they're really deserving of all the recognition they've been getting lately. Katya won a Emmy for her casting in 30 Rock, as well as they were um, nominated for a 2015 Writers Guild Award for their episode, Rachel. Oh yeah, and Katya's actually in that episode of High Maintenance. But most recently, as some of you might have noticed, Vimeo has taken an interest in the show and made High Maintenance their first original series. We'll get into those details a bit later. But for now, let's meet Katya. Katya grew up in Southern California, in Long Beach, but her parents are from Denmark. So naturally, she was given a Danish name, which provides for some confusion. My name is actually Katrina, but it's spelled like Catherine, there's an H, a silent H in it, because uh, that's how the Danes roll. People were always like, it's Katrina, but it's spelled Catherine. I don't understand. And then I think when I turned 20, I was just like, I want a sexier name. This this name is giving me grief. So my legal name is Katrina Katrina Blickfeld. Yeah, but I go by Katya. She was an only child. Her mom stayed at home with her while her dad worked. I had a pretty vivid imagination to a fault, probably. My mom really fed into that, you know, playing games with me, like the bed would be a, a barge going down a river in Africa, and, you know, she would point out different wild animals and sort of try to freak me out and successfully. <laughs> so she, she definitely played into it. remember I used to do this thing where I would draw my classmates in the future. Uh, what I imagined they would be doing as occupations or, you know, making these predictions about where I thought their lives would go. I'd be like, oh, Leslie is going to work at the Macy's at the Clinique counter, I think, and have six kids. I think that was probably indicative of, you know, where I would go with casting. 
Katya would hang out with her neighbors, and they'd make movies together, using mini-DV tapes that they would edit in the camera. Of course, most of their films starred Barbie. They even did a Christmas special. But one movie that didn't include Barbie sticks in Katya's mind. An anti-drug movie. The year was 1988. I was 10. It was really the height of the Nancy Reagan just say no sort of time, uh, especially at my Christian school. And I remember my friends and I made a video sort of more like an after-school special style. Our friend was buying a bag of cocaine in the alley and of course it was like this huge sandwich bag of flour and then it caused him to jump off a building and then we had a funeral for him and we had Martika's toy soldiers playing in the background which this is a song warning you against the dangers of drug addiction I think or that's how we interpreted it. The thrill can kill. The drug dealers need to know that we want them out of our schools neighborhoods, and our lives. And the only way to do that is to take the customers away from the product, say no to drugs, and say yes to life. I think I was really hammy as a kid, always instigating a talent show at every opportunity. And it wasn't just to be in them, although I do think I was just trying to create opportunities for me to get up in front of the class and sing a song that maybe I had gotten into over the weekend, a Paula Abdul number or whatever. But really, I was interested in the producing element. I wanted to sort of put together a show, and I was sort of you know, going around the room, identifying people's talents and skill sets, and then getting them set up to create a performance piece for everyone. It kind of seems like Katya was warming up for her eventual roles in casting and directing, almost as if it were instinctual. But she never had any formal training, and this isn't a typical career path encouraged by high school counselors. So for a long time, she didn't think to seriously consider it. After graduating, Katya went to Denmark for a post-high school program. This was worlds apart from her life in California. I think I came back and really just felt directionless, so I went to community college for a few years and, and I worked and I went to school and was sort of like a professional community college <laughs> attendee. She found herself craving a change of scenery and while applying for schools, decided to take a trip to Chicago to visit some friends. Then all of a sudden I just was like, this is it, I think I just want to live here and I'm just changing everything. and. I'll figure it out later. And that's what I did. And I worked at Northwestern University for four years as an administrator, but never finished school. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. And it was one of those things where I really wanted to be creative, but I just couldn't pinpoint what that meant for me. She tried out advertising, but it just wasn't for her. So she was kind of directionless again. But then, somebody randomly asked her. Have you ever thought about being a casting director? You have this crazy encyclopedic knowledge of actors and a lot of enthusiasm for media creation. And just, I don't know, it seems like a job you would be good at. And I said, wow, funny enough, that is actually a longstanding but forgotten dream that I have. When Katya was about 12, she knew what a casting director was. I mean, I know why I knew what it was, because Christian Slater's mom was a casting director, and I, was, I thought to myself, 
well, if you get to hang out with Christians later all day, what could be, what could be bad about that job? And then I think I sort of came to understand a little bit more what all it entailed. Once I got the internship, it clicked so quickly. And not to just, you know, say the rest is history, but yeah, the rest is history. I really, I, I landed a great opportunity with this casting director, Jennifer McNamara. McNamara had just come from casting Sex in the City, which got her several Emmy nominations and wins. And Katya would work for her for almost a decade. She was my mentor, and she sort of took me under her wing and gave me all sorts of opportunities to learn the trade. I think what was great was just the timing of it. I wasn't a kid. I had focus. I had work experience. And so it was just sort of a matter of me learning the language and, and gaining more tools. But I was really up and running after just a few months. I mean, it was great. I, f I felt like I found my calling and she continued to give me opportunities. And then, you know, I started to get my own work after an amount of time. And So hold on one second. I want to jump in here because I'm not sure I totally understand what a casting director does. I didn't know either, but I learned from Katya that you're basically putting together idealists, audition sessions, you're putting choices in front of producers and directors and just saving them the trouble from having to sift through what essentially amounts to hundreds and thousands of actors for each role. But the creative control can vary. In a not-so-ideal situation, the director comes in knowing who they want for all the roles, which kind of just leaves the casting director with very little to do. They become just a talent booker. But the best case scenario is when you're working for a director who has a strong vision, but who also wants to collaborate with you. They want your input. I've had the good fortune to work with a few of those people. And in those instances, it's really super rewarding because you're, you're essentially acting as a, a curator of sorts. You're not trying to change their vision. You're, as a casting director, you're trying to help them realize it. But it is immensely satisfying when you see your influence affect the landscape of the story or the arc of the story or a character change that maybe wasn't originally on the page. Katya went with McNamara to cast on 30 Rock, and in 2013, she won an Emmy for her work on the show. That really felt like my casting university or something. I felt like I went through a seven-year program there or something. When I And when I graduated, I got an Emmy and, you know, I was a casting director for the last four years of the show. Let's back up for a moment, though. Way, way back to 2004, when Katya was a heavy Orchid user. Wait, what? Orchid? What is Orchid? It came after Friendster, if you remember that one. The main function of Orchid was providing these message boards for people to connect on about things that they felt passionately about. Even before working on 30 Rock, Katya was a huge fan of Tina Fey, a super fan. She even had a message board on Orkut called I Heart Tina Fey. I think you get the gist of it. We were all just professing our love for this woman. So it was pretty exciting when Jennifer, the, the casting director I was working with, got the, the job offer to come and cast the show, and she took me with her. And then I spent the next few years really trying to play it cool around Tina Fey and not let on what a crazy super fan I was. Did you ever tell her about your, I, your fan group? I don't think I ever did tell her about that. I mean, I think she got the message based on how I acted those first few years, which I really cringe when I think back on it. But I really I idolized her so much. 
So it was really surreal in the beginning to be working for her. And I can't say that by the end I was like, oh, I was over it. No way. I st- it only My love for her only grew, but it just morphed into a real professional respect for how clear her vision always was. And, you know, she was just the final stop on on the train always, you know. Nothing ever happened without it going through her. As busy as she was, it didn't matter. Like, in the end, and especially now that I'm creating content and doing some things that she's doing, I see now how insane that was, that schedule that she kept, and I really actually don't know how she does it or how she did it. Robert Carlock was Tina Fey's main creative collaborator. Carlock worked on SNL, The Dana Carvey Show, and Friends. I do often think of the two of them, Tina and Robert, and how they contributed their unique energies and how they sort of channeled those into this project that felt very cohesive in the end. I think it was actually educational to see that balance. And now working with my husband, I feel like that's something that we're always trying to achieve is this masculine-feminine balance that we hope translates in our storytelling as well. We don't ever want to lean too hard on (laughs) dick jokes or, you know, or just we we don't ever want to skew even the other way too much. We just want to tell stories about human beings and try to give fair and equal representation to both genders and people who are maybe uncertain about their gender even, or, you know, we're, we're really hoping to sort of just represent humanity. Katya and her husband Ben met in L.A. through mutual friends. She had gone through some major life changes in New York and wanted to press restart. It was February, cold in New York. She had heard about a job opportunity in L.A. with NBC casting, so she just went for it. But as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, what, what did you just do, Katya? You were on 30 Rock. Why did you? Well, this is like your dream job. Why are you leaving? And I think I also realized at that moment how great New York was as soon as I got away from it. So I was already in that mindset when I met Ben. Ben was coming through L.A. to visit his brother. Katya was friends with Ben's brother. It was an instantaneous connection that we had in every sense. And he you know, he was there for a week and like we spend every day together as you do when you sort of first fall for somebody and they're only in town for, for a few days. And when he left town, I thought to myself, I'm forever changed. Like, I don't know if I could meet someone else that would excite me like this. They got married in 2010 and the idea for high maintenance was born soon after. You know, between the two of us, we had a lot of stories to tell and he had been sort of dabbling in video making. I had just been doing my casting thing, but I think I was harboring secret directorial ambitions. We just decided like, we should make something together and let's do something for the internet. It's low stakes. What's the worst that can happen? There wasn't a lot on the line. Maybe people will like it, but then again, maybe nobody will even see it. They figured if anything, they could post it online and send it to some of their friends to enjoy. They began experimenting with the idea, conceptualizing, writing, brainstorming, among other things. We thought we should do something that happens in real time. And we didn't think anyone would want to watch something over five minutes online. And a weed delivery takes under five minutes. So I think that was our jumping off point. Their idea was simple, and Ben, the guy, would be at the heart of it. 
Katya saw something in Ben, something that other casting directors had overlooked. Since the moment I met him, I was super, I was really captivated by his energy and I think I just wanted to help translate that in a way that other people could enjoy and appreciate. He was a struggling actor going in for parts that always seemed like they skewed on the more crazy side of things. I don't know. He was always getting called in for hobos and and, and bad guys. And, you know, he definitely has a, some wild eyes, I guess. He's an intense gaze. But I saw this other side of him that I thought was so oddly charming. And uh, he really doesn't have much of a filter. And he's a very laid back, non-judgmental guy. That's, you know, at his best, that's him. And I thought that was something worth putting to screen. Okay, look, man, you're wearing a dress right now. I can't pretend that you're not wearing a dress. You don't usually wear dresses, but you look, you look good. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I have another customer who cross-dresses. Oh, you do? Very frumpy. The characters in each episode of High Maintenance are vulnerable. They carry baggage. They're complex, harder to stereotype. But Ben's character has seen it all, and he embraces it all with warmth and an open mind. And through him, so do we. We begin to love his love for people. He's a listener. He gives honest advice. And we get glimpses of the friendships he's developed with his customers. Casual, but genuine. And so then, the show becomes less about getting stoned and more about human stories. And though they are bite-sized, they feel real and profound. And they're funny. They're so incredibly funny. In New York City, approximately 1,600 people are bitten by other humans. Wait, 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 wait. So I have to work tomorrow? So can I drop you off at Marcella's in the morning and then we'll see Matilda in the evening? Yeah. All right, great. So what is your work? I'm a bike messenger. Sorry I couldn't hang out today. We really would have liked to, but thank you so much. Oh, oh, no problem. We've got all kinds of things planned. We're going to make some tortillas for some chilaquiles, and we'll probably wander down to the waterfront, do some charcoal drawing, you know, some perspective stuff. Maybe we'll make some felted gnome caps or something. So this is an afternoon brought to you by the Waldorf School. Yes, it is, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, never mind. All right, we'll have fun, guys. I'll be back later, okay? The series just keeps growing, and we really don't see it stopping anytime soon. Katya and Ben are all over the place, representing high maintenance. It's a media frenzy. Gawker, Rolling Stone, New York Times, Salon, The Guardian, Variety, they all can't get enough. It really, for me, feels very accidental, but it's just sort of evolved in this very organic way. We've never really thought more than just like a half a step ahead, you know, if I can say that. And now especially, it's, it's like, who, who the hell knows what's going to happen? We're still not really profiting hugely off of this in any financial way. This year was the first year we really made any money on this endeavor. And this is because Vimeo agreed to partner with High Maintenance, making it the video sharing website's first on-demand series. But as most filmmakers do, Katya and Ben use Vimeo to release the first 13 episodes on their website for free. The first episode cost them around $500. They did this with a crew of five, and now they have a crew of 20. This is a truly homegrown show. So now, with Vimeo financially involved, things have changed a bit. This is no longer a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants endeavor. It's a funded series with more resources for production, promotion, and distribution. 
but that means charging for episodes. So of course with paywalls, there's always the fear of losing viewers. I'm trying so hard to just detach from it and not take it personally if the numbers are low or whatever because people are so trained now to, they pay for Netflix, but they forget that they pay for it and then they equate it to being free. Do you know what I mean? I, we've had so many people say, oh, I just wish it could just be on Netflix. So it was like, I didn't have to pay for it. And to that I say, but, but you are paying for it. Do you not look at your bank statement? Like it's not free. But high maintenance has a following. They have support a loyal and eager audience. Hard work goes into making good stuff. I think a lot of our fans turn out to be creatives themselves, people who are also trying to make stuff. So I think they m more often than not understand that it's some something we're trying to do to make a living and hopefully we'll want to support it. With all the increasing hype and attention comes pressure. This can sometimes be overwhelming for Katya and Ben. We're always in work mode. Even when we're supposed to be relaxing, we're still talking about work. It just keeps creeping into our lives. So it causes some stresses. And we're both like creative people with the temperaments to match, I think. Both pretty moody, both pretty sensitive. You know, we fight a lot, but we also are extremely loving and sweet to each other and we bounce back really quickly but I feel like our neighbors probably think that we're you know like headed for disaster all the time but they you know they don't hear us making up five minutes later but yeah we have a lot of explosions in our in our apartment we I think everything feels very high stakes to us all the time because it's it's our lives it's our work it's all intermeshed and I'll be honest, it's something I'm sort of actively trying to figure out how to, how to balance because I don't think it's healthy to have just one thing that sort of runs your life. I think it's, it's really important to have other things that you feel passionately about and that give you meaning because I, I definitely have this hyper-awareness of the fact that this could all just blow away any, any moment. The wind could change direction and suddenly it could just all blow away and everybody could suddenly be uninterested. Katya carries this idea into the auditioning workshop that she teaches. I always talk about how important it is to diversify your life so that when things don't work out, you're not as crushed, so that you can just sort of bounce back easily and have that attitude of like, oh well, I have this other thing that I love. Who cares if I didn't get that part, right? I talk a lot about this, and what's funny is I've noticed this last year, I've been not so great at taking my own advice. I sort of had that moment where I was like, ah, oh, you're doing it now. Now anytime something doesn't go exactly the way I want to with this high maintenance stuff, I it's like the world is ending, and it's tricky, man. <laughs> it's really tricky. This is Katya's first time directing and producing being completely in charge. My biggest obstacle often is just myself and my confidence level. Even though our set is pretty balanced with in terms of male and female energies, there is just, I think, a lingering sense of it being uh, a man's world. And I hate to say that, I hate to admit that that would be something that would color the way that I perform in my job, but I, it, I can't lie, it does, and I think uh, it is what causes me sometimes to hesitate and not just want to speak up because I just want to, I just want people to like me. I don't want anyone to call me a bitch or, or say that I'm too demanding or too difficult. And I am getting a lot more comfortable now with 
being the one to say no. And it's been pointed out on many occasions by my collaborators that I'm sort of the quality control on this project and I'm, I'm the last stop. I think a lot of my day is spent sort of trying to not feel anxious and that usually is um, that usually just involves distractions of various kinds, whether it be weed smoking or RuPaul's Drag Race or just like going down a weird email rabbit hole where I'm like, I'm gonna respond to every email that is outstanding, which you know can end up being like 75 emails, but then I feel like I've completed something if I can answer all of those. And I will be the first to say I'm a functional stoner. I've been stoned many times in my life at important moments and nobody was the wiser. So all this to say, I'm really scattered. I'm really unorganized. I'm a real procrastinator. I always have been. I don't have a lot of ritual and routine in my life beyond, it seems, now that I'm saying it out loud, beyond stimulants apparently, or you know, narcotics. So yeah, Katya's still figuring out her process, her workflow. I think it's great that she doesn't take herself too seriously. And I also think it's great that it's, it's disarming to know that someone as seemingly... Um, together? Together. Doesn't quite have it together. And that's reality. Do you have any advice? I think it's really important to have realistic expectations about things and to manage those expectations but to not be afraid to dream big and to have large-scale dreams. I think a lot of people, when they start off, their vision is not always to scale with what they can achieve right at that moment, right out of the gate. And I think that sometimes, you know, young or new filmmakers could benefit from tabling some of the larger scale visions for later and starting off with trying to do something that's a little more achievable. Look around you. What do you have at your disposal? What, what resources do you have? Is your only location one house with a yard and you only know one professional actor? I guess that's going to be what you have to work with. So make a story that involves those things that can be legitimately shot in that one location. I always say set the bar where you can not only reach it, but where you can go beyond it. Me following my intuition and me following my instincts has never not paid off. I feel like I've lived four complete lives in my 35 years, and a lot of my major life decisions have just been these, what feel like impetuous moves, but they've always been very driven from what's in my heart, like what I feel passionate about at the moment, and they've always paid off. So. I think that's what I'm what I'm learning right now is that that's where it's at. Visit our website, shedoespodcast.com, and you'll find links to high-maintenance episodes along with more Katja-themed stuff. I have therapy on Fridays, and I am not ashamed. Sometimes after, my friend Russell and I go to karaoke, and we go get a private room, and we'll just, by ourselves, the two of us, just sing songs back and forth to each other for literally three hours. This episode was produced by us, Sarah Ginsberg and Elaine Sheldon. We'd like to thank the wondrous Katia Blickfeld for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. But that's like my, my weird secret. It's not even a secret. It's just my activity I do to blow off steam. <laughs> it's really fun. No pressure, you know, No one, you have no audience. The music you heard in today's episode is by George Manson, Broke for Free, 
the custodian of records, Sayens, Gordon Boydwell, and Will B. Thanks to our sound designer, Cato Arts. And thanks to our partner, Filmmaker Magazine, who will be running articles about each of our guests and co-hosting our bi-weekly Google Hangouts, where you get to ask the guests your burning questions. Thank you for tuning in. Please join us in two weeks as we introduce you to another awesome lady. That sounds stupid. Thank you for tuning in. Please rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> Please rejoice. I'm just saying, thanks for tuning in. See you in two weeks. <laughs>